Welcome to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, the podcast where we uncover the secrets of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and visionaries who've used public speaking to skyrocket their businesses and their bottom line. Get ready for captivating stories, valuable insights, and practical wisdom from the trailblazers who've mastered the art of the stage. I'm your host, Kelly O'Hara, and I'm thrilled to bring their experiences and expertise directly to you. Let's get started. back to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight, where we dive deep into the world of public speaking and its incredible power to elevate your professional journey and transform your business. Today, we have a very special guest, someone who's made a mark in the world of scaling businesses and has a profound understanding of what it takes to lead, and so important these days, how to manage change. Introducing Scott Ritzheimer, the brain and the driving force behind Scale Architects, a highly sought after firm known for its unmatched expertise in business consulting, executive coaching, and so much more. If you've ever been on a quest for strategic planning, team building, or leadership development, chances are you've come across Scott and his team. To date, Scott and his partner have helped start nearly 20,000 new businesses and nonprofits. They've led their multi-million dollar business through an exceptional and extended growth phase, over 10 years of double digit growth, all before he turned 35. He founded Scale Architects to help founders and CEOs identify and implement the one essential strategy they need right now to get them on the fast track to predictable success. With a wide range of services under his belt, from public speaking to change management and training, Scott's not just a consultant, he's a beacon for businesses aiming for greatness. His company, Scale Architects, stands testimony to his commitment to helping businesses soar. Scott, it's an honor to have you on the Six Figure Spotlight, Speaker Spotlight, welcome. Kelly, thanks for having me. So excited for this conversation. Me as well. I am. I always love to start this show with getting to know you and your journey, and where you know to where you are today, and what led you to found Scale Architects. For those who uh, are, I'm not sure if we're doing video or not, but for those who are watching on video, you have a little bit of a disadvantage because I look like I'm about 22 years old. So uh, all these numbers, like 20,000, where did that come from? And and uh, I am north of 22, we'll say that. Uh, we'll leave it a little tongue in cheek just to add a little mystery to the mix here. Uh, but uh, I had the opportunity at a really young age to accidentally fall into the world of entrepreneurism. Uh, I was looking for a part-time job uh, while I was was working in, in ministry, actually, and got a part-time job. That company was sold, uh, owner-financed, systematically but unintentionally destroyed and repossessed in my first kind of year and a half in the, the business world. And I learned more over that year and a half about what doesn't work in business uh, than I could have through uh, you know a decade in business school. And and a little bit about what did work as well. So, it it just that that entry to business uh, one was absolutely fascinating for me. It was horrible. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible, terrible experience. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. But I came alive whenever we were actually able to start addressing some of the challenges that were there. And that's where the for the very first time I was like, oh, I could do this business thing. And uh, so. 
uh, just to put it into context, I'm 21 at the time. Uh, I've come on now to the the relaunch of this company as a, a co-founder in the relaunch, and it is September 2008. So we're we're starting this business, right? There's a couple hundred clients that have already paid the other company that still haven't had their work done. So we've got 200 clients that aren't paying us that we have to do the work for, which was a lot of work, and uh, no new clients, right? Because uh, we're starting this thing all over, and in the first six months of uh, of launching. The stock market drops, I think it's 37%, something like that. And the whole world freezes. Uh, interestingly enough, I did this again in 2020. So if I ever start something, you and I, I'll let you know, we'll short everything and we'll make a lot of money together. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, we we just, you know, there was something on it. We did a lot of stuff wrong. We did a couple things right. And it was just enough to get it going. And it just it just rocketed up. And we're in this really cool position of being founders and entrepreneurs, helping founders and entrepreneurs. Uh, and so this this uh, opportunity to, to launch 20 some odd thousand organizations in the, the time that I was uh, I was there was uh, was this really, really impactful time just in my career and in my learning as an individual, but then feeling the journey that they were going through personally as we walked through it next to them was uh, it was the hardest challenge of my life. You know, my, my professional life, I'll say. We've had some interesting stuff on the home front. Everyone has, but um, uh, but what what drove me crazy during this time and and it's something that i've just given myself to solving since is i i was tired of feeling blindsided as a leader it felt like every time we kind of figured out the game right every time we figured, okay this is how we sell a million dollars a year right this is how we staff a million dollars a year it would change cuz doing it that at 2 million wasn't the same as doing it at 1 million and it felt like i always had a map of what was behind me and I could kind of bring other people along. That was okay. But I never knew what was in front of me. I always felt like every day I got up and I walked off the edge of the map. And I was young enough and dumb enough that that was exciting for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it starts to wear on you a little bit. And, and you know, there were moments like, I remember the first time I had to, I had to fire one of my best friends. Uh, and, and I remember another time I had to fire a best friend. And it wasn't because of a lack of, uh, it wasn't some character thing or, or something. It was just a lack of performance. The position had outgrown them. Uh, I remember building a leadership team for the first time. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a leadership team and I was expected to lead it, right? And and that's what so many founders experience is, you know, most of them have a little bit more career uh, under their belt than I did at the time. But we're all walking into this unknown territory. And for many of us, it feels like we're completely alone. And I know it did for me. But the the truth of it was, and what totally transformed my life and the trajectory of my business as well, was finding out that there was a map. Uh, I, I met a, a, a friend and mentor of mine. Uh, his name's Les McEwen, and he has this uh, model called predictable success. And if, long story short, it helped me understand where my company was, right? It, it gives us different stages that we can follow. And that's another thing for another time. But the, the big aha moment was someone got me. Right, someone understood where I was as a founder, and with all the books and resources out there, I just hadn't experienced that yet. And that moment of finding someone who got me, who understood not just where I'd been, but where I was going, was life transforming. Uh, and uh, and so that, that ultimately put me on a trajectory where I get to do what I do now, where I, I hopefully help other people do that day in and day out. 
Wow, I love this. I love the whole focus on uh, that you about being gotten that you read something that really changed your trajectory because somebody actually got you. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel so alone. So in researching you, you were talking about the predictable path. And I'd like to know more about that. And on top of which, you've really got me curious because I saw something on the on the doom loop. You got to talk to us about that, because when I think about it, we've all been there, too. Talk to us about both of those, the predictable, the predictable path, but also what's the doom loop? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to overlay these. One of the things that uh, I have to watch, this is my public speaking challenge, is I, I like four course meals, you know, and, and podcasts aren't that. <laughs> so we're going to try and keep this uh, nice and easy. And the doom loop is really a concept that's primarily for coaches and consultants, but it has an application for just about everybody. And so I'm going to zoom out a little bit on that. And it's typically happening toward the early part of someone's career. The first, I'm going to say about five years of being an entrepreneur. And uh, the challenge that we have during this stage, really across the board, is to survive, you have to say yes. You know, is it, can you do this for us? Yes. In the coaching world, you know, can you help me? I'm, I'm having profitability issues. Yes. You know, can you help me? I'm having people issues. Yes. Can you help me? I'm having sales issues. Yes. You know, it's like, and we're like, you're just a step ahead on Google. Uh, and and so we say yes to everything. And, and there's, there's some of that that's necessary because we all start with this idea of what we're going to do in business, but that idea never works, right? There's not a single idea out there that is the original idea, no matter how cool it is and how how great the book cover looks uh it, it, it every time the, the hardest part about the first year is that you go through a systematic destruction of your idea right it just doesn't work in the real world and so what happens is you have to try a few things uh to get there uh, you've got to but then in the same token if you just get stuck trying things because it's interesting and it's fun and it's dynamic it's exhausting because you're just constantly trying to be everything to everyone. And this is true for coaches. It's true for, uh, you know, you'll see this for folks even in the healthcare world to get all these different certifications and they're trying to start nine practices at the same time. And uh, you see it in businesses. Uh, and, and what ends up happening by, by getting into this place where we're, we're trying to be everything to everyone, we're not the ideal, ideal choice for anyone. And, and so what ends up happening is we have to just keep saying yes, because we have to keep taking whatever we get. It's, it's almost impossible for us to really say, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. And then it sets up a whole string of challenges. And, and the, the first one is you're, you're not able to implement any kind of structured process because everything is, you know, how you can jazz hands the problem. You know, it's jump in and like, you know, do your and and. Uh, again, in the coaching world, these are really smart people. They've got unbelievable experience. They're great leaders in their own right, but they've not had the opportunity to codify all of that. It, they've just experienced it. And that experience is really helpful, but it's 10 times more helpful if you can codify it and structure it. But if if everything is a unique circumstance, there's no structure there to carry it all forward. And so what ends up happening is you spend more time doing the stuff around what you do than doing the actual thing that you do. You, you spend more time prepping for sessions than being in sessions. Uh, you spend more time creating new uh, products and new funnels and new than just delivering the products and, and funnels that you already have. 
and and so there's this exhaustion that kind of kicks in but but the the really you know discouraging part of it and there's a, a flip side of this so we can turn it all around the movie doesn't end here right uh but the the what ends up happening is we just run out of time right you you just can't keep up with the volume of you know new biz dev that you have to do and trying to fulfill all these custom you know projects and uh and so what happens is we run out of time to go and chase new work. So we have to hang on to the existing work for as long as we can. And especially in the coaching profession, this is really hard because what ends up happening, you, you have folks who got into the business because they wanted to help others, right? They, they're, they're, I have not met a coach who's not trying to give back in some capacity, mm-hmm. right? That they're, they're leaving and many times the best years of their career to go and, and live in service to other people's visions for their organizations and help them succeed. But what happens because of just the these fundamental flaws in how the, the, they're approaching business, they end up pulling from their clients. They end up trying to, to keep the deal going just because they need to put food on the table, right? And, and these are not bad people. They're wonderful people. They're not uh, narcissists. It's none of those things. It's just a practical reality of it. And uh, and and so that loop just kind of continues cycling. And then, you know, we have to say yes to everything. And then we don't have time to structure it. And then we have to hang on to what we have. And, and what ends up happening, especially if we zoom out of the coaching profession, is we get stuck in this stage that every organization goes through called early struggle. And, and, and it's just hard. Uh, it's we, we, you know, half jokingly say it's like waking up every day, finding a sharp corner and banging your head off of it. You know, it's, it, that's that's what entrepreneurism is in the beginning. But in the doom loop, if we're not careful, uh, if we don't start narrowing down who we work for, if we don't start narrowing down the services that we or the products that we offer for them, if we don't start to narrow that down a little bit as we find out what the market actually wants, it leaves us no other choice but to just keep cycling in the doom loop. And so just quickly, the flip side of this is what I call the freedom cycle. And, and, and it all starts with getting really clear on who you help. Again, it's true for every business. You have to get clear on who you help. Uh, yes, you need to take some time to explore that a little bit. You can say yes to a few things to find out what those are. But once you find what the market wants right, when and where you align with the market, you have to do the really, really hard work of, of putting blinders on. And for visionary founders, like that's hard to do, right? That's so hard to do, uh, but it's essential. And 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 the cost of it, sure, you can do whatever you want. You're a founder, like you've, you've already chosen to go do your own thing. So do your own thing. The cost of it is if you're exhausted every day and you're not moving forward, right? You're exhausted because you have to be, not because you choose to be. That's the cost of it. But if we can start to structure it a little bit, then what happens is you start doing the same service for everybody, And now you can start to put in, okay, this is the first email I send. This is the first session I have. These are the notes that I need to bring. This is my follow-up. And it it creates two beautiful things. One, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. And because it's the same thing over and over again, you can start bringing in help. So even if you're in a profession like coaching that's highly centered on you, you can start to bring in people who can complement that. And so all of a sudden you have have freedom. You have time again. And, and, And what it does, it puts you in this, highly enviable position of being able to to decide if you want to take on new work or not work not take new work because you have time to go out and develop business when you need to you have time to to over uh, deliver on your promises to clients instead of scrambling to just get by 
And it puts you in a position of what I call a high demand coach. Uh, uh, you're able to be uh, another word I like to use for is a free giver, right? And that's especially in the coaching world is exactly what we want to be. But for so many founders, we're in this to make a, a difference in people's lives, right? That's what separates us from a lot of folks who go in and get jobs and do wonderful uh, at that is there's an impact piece that we're looking for. And again, the best way to do it is to start that cycle by being very specific on what that impact is building a structured process around it, and then renting and repeating. Boy, I got to tell you, Scott, you've identified the problem so exquisitely, so down to the detail. And I've been there. So I, you, I totally got what you were saying. And I can tell you're in your lane, absolutely in your lane. So I'm excited. I, I wish this show were an hour long because, and it's still, I couldn't get all to all of it, but now I I'm clear that, uh, yes, we'll be having a conversation. Uh, I there's a lot of people that need this so badly. So I'm very excited that you're here today. Now, let me ask you, let me switch gears a little bit, because as you were building all of this, where does speaking fall into this for you? I mean, again, this is a show about how to take your business to the le next level with getting out and talking about your business. And from your experience in business consulting, you know, how often do you actually advise your clients to incorporate public speaking into their growth strategy? Do you feel yeah. it helps them with their credibility and their authority building? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's right for some people uh, and it's not based on whether or not you're an extrovert. You know, it's, so there's a strategic choice there, but it's not like you're wired to never be able to speak. And, and uh, you know, it, people don't believe me when I say I am like I did a Myers-Briggs test once and I was a 94 percent introvert. Uh, I, like my happy place is like in my basement office, you know, like dialed in and creating something. Uh, but I, I, I basically speak for a living now. And uh, and and interestingly enough, uh, I didn't give my first keynote until I became a coach. Uh, I had done a little bit of what you'd call public speaking within my organization. Uh, but I, I, you know, other folks, you know, that I was working with did most of our public speaking. Now we built an entire business on it, uh, and and uh, and so it was always an integral part of what we did. But I didn't do it, and so uh, it's funny now. I, I teach people how to do it in our, our community of coaches. We you know we give them uh, talks and training and and how to do that. But uh, it, it wasn't anywhere on my radar before I started this, and and now it's 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 probably the most fun that I get to have. Uh, and just a quick story because I, I, I want to hit the why behind it, and 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 I know that you know this, and and I'm sure your audience does too, but. Uh, again, where I found that thing that completely changed my life, that predictable success model was on a podcast. It was a podcast that I was listening to. And I remember sitting in my truck, I was driving to uh, a meeting that we were having for work. And um, and this guy starts going through these different stages that the businesses fall through. And it was like he had a camera in our office. It, it, it was it was so scary accurate. Yeah, it was like how could somebody who's never met me uh, do and Les Les McEwen's the author of. He's a fantastic public speaker. Uh, you know, it's one of the, when I grow up, I want to be like Les. Uh, and um, and the the way that he's able to make that connection, he, he let me feel heard and seen and known and understood, even though he had no idea I was even listening. And, and that's what great public speakers do. And and again, that's that's it's what I hope to do. I've had little bits and pieces of that, but it's a, a journey I'm on. But 
why would you do it? It's because you can transform someone's life with something as boring as life cycle stages of corporate organizations, right? Like if, if that can change someone's life forever, then it doesn't matter what you do. There is there, there is the, uh, the ability to change someone's life permanently in what you do. Well, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, that kind of authenticity too, if it can resonate with people who are listening, I mean, it's very important to be an authentic speaker of which you clearly are. And I love it that you shared that you're an, uh, that you're an in introvert and look at what you're doing now. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions? What's the biggest misconception in your mind about public speaking and its role in business? What do you think? Yeah, I always thought it was kind of razzle-dazzle. You know, I always thought it was like, you have to get up there and wing it. And uh, and I would say there are times when you have to do that. Uh, and there's a skill behind being able to do that. And I don't actually think extroverts do it any better than introverts. They're just more comfortable doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. And and so uh, there's that portion of it. But I didn't need to do that. I, for me, it's a, a slightly different path than a lot of people take. But my first you know, two, three years of public speaking were almost all based on someone else's notes. Uh, and and what that did for me, it, it gave me the confidence to know that what I was saying was right and worked because I had experienced it myself. But it was also true to me because I had experienced it myself. And so I don't think that uh, I think one of the big misconceptions is authenticity means that it has to even be 100 percent yours. Right. Or or that you can't get uh, something like that from, you know, an external program or or you can't say the same thing every time. I make the same joke every single time I talk and it gets laughs every single time. And I think it's funny every single time. You know, it's just and and so I, I think that that authenticity piece was such a big piece for me. And I realized it was just total rubbish. Like go up there and and tell your story and, and deliver that same thing and do it over and over again. And it's actually in the uh, the profession of that, right? In, in in going through and practicing it again and, again and doing the same thing again and again, that you actually get out of the way of the message that you are. And, and you also get out of your own way to just being the message that you are. It's this really cool dichotomy of, of, you know, anyone can go and listen to anything anywhere now. And so if they're inviting you in as a speaker, they're inviting you in as a speaker, but that still doesn't mean it's about you. Right. It's about what can you create in the the ears of the listener. And uh and and so I think coming from that authenticity place, you do that by by doing the same thing often, by by having it nailed down. And uh and you can do that with your own material, you can do it with someone else's material, and it, it can work very, very effectively. I gotta tell you, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful talk today. I really appreciate the things that you've said and I have a feeling that our our listeners are paying attention and in their minds they're thinking structure hmm maybe i need to check into this a little bit more so i hope so because i'm looking forward to having another conversation with you as well i think there's a lot of people out there that would really benefit from your perspective so i i can't express how grateful i am for the insights that you gave us today and I think that your journey, especially the way you've kind of uh, harnessed the power of public speaking, obviously, even as an introvert, um, is amazing. It's really inspiring. Uh, I'm an introvert as well. So 
I appreciate it personally. And thank you for sharing. And I want to tell everybody in our audience, if you want to know more about Scott and Scale Architects, visit his website at scalearchitects.com. And he has a free Founders Evolution ebook that if you go to his website, you will be able to benefit from. And thank you, Scott. It's just been amazing to have you. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Uh, I hope it's helpful for someone. Uh, it's It's been a really cool experience that the book has, you know, it's birthed in my own journey, but that journey of thousands of others. And uh, and, and it's so fun to give it away and see what folks say coming back, right? There, there's been so many comments of like, oh my goodness, this is a similar experience. What I have is like, I finally understand I'm, I'm in this role, right? This is why I've been struggling so much. And it, it's just one of those things that I, I, it's almost like, sorry, not sorry, because it changes the way you see both your own journey and everyone else's around you at the same time. It's like, I can't unsee this. Uh, but it's a little bit like looking through the matrix. It, 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 you know, once you see what the reality of it is, once you see it's a pattern that we all face. These are challenges that we all face. You're not alone in it. And when you know it's coming, it's so much easier. Uh, I can't wait to read your book. I will be downloading it today. I'm very excited about it. Thank you so much for what you've brought to this program. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. If you found value in today's episode, and I have a feeling that you have, please like or share it and help us spread the word because, or if you know a superstar in your periphery, someone who's making waves with their business and their voice and has a story to share, send them our way. We'd love to spotlight them here because we're illuminating success one speaker at a time. Remember, your voice has the power to change lives and your business. Until next time, I'm Kelly O'Hara and we look forward to seeing you on the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. Thank you so much, Scott. It has been a pleasure. My pleasure. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive once again into the remarkable stories and insights of our incredible guests. Their experiences and wisdom are not just meant to inspire you, but to provide you with actionable steps to take on your own path to success. Remember, you have a story to tell and your voice has the power to transform your business and make lasting impact. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an empowering conversation. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a review and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your fellow visionaries. Until next time, keep speaking, keep growing, and keep reaching to make your difference. This is Kelly O'Hara, signing off from the Six Figure Speaker Spotlight.